This is the Quick Slants Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Quick Slants Podcast at Game On Wisconsin. I am Jason Perrone of Game On Wisconsin, the Quick Slants Podcast, Pulse of the Pack, and the Pack-A-Day Podcast. And it is week one. It is Vikings week. We have regular season football. There will be NFL football in 2020. It's official. The Packers and Vikings will score off at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday afternoon. And I could not be more excited. I'm in the Phoenix locale, and the game is on local TV here. So I get to watch the game from the comforts of my own living room. I can say whatever I want to say and express whatever jubilation or if I doubt I'll have any frustration, but that too, if need be. But as always, Game On Wisconsin, get over there and check out the site, all the great work that everything that our team is doing, putting together some great efforts. We've got fantasy football. We've got gambling lines, betting lines, brand new shows popping up every day. The team keeps growing. Jacob Westendorf, our publisher, is doing a yeoman's work over there and couldn't be more proud of the team that we had. Of course, earlier this week, we had happy hour with Maggie and Perry, as well as the Freezer podcast with the guys talking Packers football. And we've got, obviously, quick slants right now, Lombardi's Bar coming up a little bit later today. We've got Open Book as well. All kinds of great stuff. Great shows going on. And this weekend, we're going to have Pulse of the Pack. We'll be with you on Saturday to preview the Week 1 matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. If you didn't get a chance to watch our season preview show from this past weekend, this past Sunday, go back and take a look at it. It was a great show. Had a great time doing it. Picked all 16 games, myself, Jacob, and Paul Brittle, and got to talk about why we think the Packers are going to finish the way they're going to finish. We even talked about the the playoffs and who's going to win the Super Bowl. So if you want to know who our Super Bowl picks were, and if any of us picked the Green Bay Packers, go back and check out Pulse of the Pack on our YouTube channel. And if you are a Twitter guy or Twitter girl, if you're a Facebook person, you can watch our shows and all those platforms. We stream them all live to those platforms, the live shows that we do. So watch the shows wherever you want to be, but follow us and make sure that you're following us on all of the social media platforms and all that good stuff. So let's get into it because I've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. In fact, this might be a little bit of a longer episode. So for those of you who have been craving more, I've got more for you this week. If you're not craving more, well then, too bad. You're going to have to pick your cutoff point and go from there. But the, the things I want to talk about today are Aaron Jones, the Packers running back. Reports came out on Tuesday that Aaron Jones, the Packers, are definitely discussing an extension to his contract, which ends after the 2020 season. So I want to talk a little bit about Aaron Jones. The final roster, Packers made final cutdowns. I want to talk about the final roster and some of the interesting points there and things that went on with the final roster. And then let's talk a little bit about week one against the Vikings. Let's break down a little bit that first regular season games that the Packers are going to have. I frankly am always a fan of when the Packers start off on the road against a divisional team. I like to get those divisional matchups on the road out of the way as soon as possible during the season. Like I love it when they start off on the road at Chicago or at Minnesota or at Detroit. Just get it out of the way. Get them at Lambeau later in the season, preferably in December, when it's freezing cold and get that home field advantage. And we know the Packers are going to have a Week 17 matchup against one of those guys. Let it be at Lambeau Field. So, okay, so let's start off with Aaron Jones because, like I said earlier this week, it was reported that Aaron Jones and his agent continue to have conversations with the Packers about a new deal. 
not a new deal. Well, an extension to his current contract or a new deal when his contract ends. Although I don't think the Packers want Jones to reach free agency. That would be tough for them to control their costs. So I think right now what they're trying to do is get it done before he hits free agency so they can set their market for him. And hopefully Jones agrees with what that price tag is going to be for the Packers. And I'm not going to get into the dollars and cents too much here and how much I think the Packers should invest in Jones. It's really more for me about the continuity in the offense and what he offers. Now, let's just a reminder for those who have forgotten, because it's been a while since we've had football and a lot of stuff's happened this season or this year that has kind of preceded football starting up again. Aaron Jones led the NFL in touchdowns last season, both rushing and total. That is big. That has not happened since 1962 when Jim Taylor was the Packers running back. So that's how long it's been since the Packers running back has made that kind of noise. That is absolutely incredible. Great company to be in. For those of you who remember Jim Taylor, he was part of the Lombardi Packers back in the day where all of the glory in Titletown refound itself after a little bit of a lull uh, the few decades prior to that. So yeah, Jones... He tied Derrick Henry. He had 16 rushing touchdowns last season, and he tied Christian McCaffrey with 19 total. That's also not bad company to be in. You know, running backs, they just don't get the big contracts anymore, minus the few elite like Zeke Elliott, Todd Gurley a few years ago. Melvin Gordon tried to get himself a new deal last year, held out, ended up not getting that big deal. Running backs just cannot, they just don't get the love. Now, Leonard Fournette getting released by the Jacksonville Jaguars earlier this week or last week really, I think, was more about just a bad marriage between he and the team. I don't think it was just smart maneuvering by the Jags. But again, running backs, they just they just don't get the big contracts like they did in the past. So with that in mind, Aaron Jones and his agent are definitely going to be, if the Packers are interested in re-signing him and giving him a second deal, then if he's going to give up an opportunity to hit the market and let teams bid against each other for his services and drive up his price, he is still going to want to get paid fairly and handsomely by the Packers. And by handsomely, I don't necessarily mean that he's going to pick up $15 million a year, but I think a running back is a perfect situation where you do a contract and you heavily incentivize it. Incentivize Jones to stay available, stay healthy, and some injuries are unavoidable, but to keep him in shape and working towards that productivity and those goals that help the Packers be a huge winning team, right? He's a dynamic runner. He's a great pass catcher. There were a couple of passes last season that Jones should have caught that he would have scored on, and he would have had even bigger numbers than he did. But catching the ball as a running back out of the backfield is something the Matt LaFleur offense relies heavily on. When Jones is on the field, defense is have to know where he is. They have to account for him. And that takes away resources from other offensive weapons for the Packers, like Devontae Adams, Jay Sternberger, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Alan Lazard, all those guys. Pick your poison. One of them's going to be open. And guess who's throwing the ball? A guy that knows how to find open receivers. All right? I'm not normally a huge advocate of, of paying running backs. I'm Like I said, but Jones is Aaron Jones is a special talent. And if we've already heard this much about an extension, this is the second time that we're hearing that he and his agent are talking with the team. It's rare that it gets to that point that we hear that much about it and there's no deal that gets done. So I think 
there's a very good chance that something is going to get done, whether it's during this season or before free agency, I don't know. But Aaron Jones is going to remain a Green Bay Packer beyond the 2021 season. And I'm willing to bet a sizable amount of money on it just based on what we've heard. And I don't mind it. I don't mind it. So Aaron Jones kicks off his season at U.S. Bank Stadium where he did some damage. Did some damage. Over 200 rushing yards and two touchdowns against the Vikings in that December game that helped them on their way to winning the division, sweeping the division, grabbing the two seed, putting themselves in a in a in a driver's seat and and almost a chance to secure the number one seed. So Aaron Jones returns to a place where he played very well last season and I'm sure he's gonna be looking to perform that way again. He's his running mate or not his running mate, his counterpart on the Vikings, Dalvin Cook, is going to be looking to make a big get a get off to a big start. So I think don't think Jones wants to be shown up by Cook. So he's going to look be looking to play well. So Aaron Jones likely to be extended. That's exciting news. I wrote about that at Game On Wisconsin. So go check out that article if you haven't seen it already. So I'll transition this over to the final roster because over this past weekend, the Packers made their final cutdowns and they've got their final 53-man roster. But we know there's the expanded practice squad and all sorts of special rules that are in place this season with regards to injured reserve. And I mentioned the expanded practice squad and all sorts of things. So even though a guy didn't necessarily make the final roster, doesn't mean he's not going to be a factor, right? Now, every year the Packers come out of training camp or preseason, and there's usually an undrafted free agent or kind of a surprise player or two that makes the roster. And that's one of the fun parts about Packers training camp and preseason is who's going to do that. And usually you get preseason games and like, oh, this guy balled out. I hope he makes the team. There were no preseason games this year. So that was a tough thing. And, and on that note, Packer reports Ross Uglum made a note that there were no new undrafted free agents that made the roster this season. And that's the first time since 2004 that they, they haven't kept one from that same year. Now, there were quite a few guys from last year who didn't make the weren't on the 2019 roster who are on the 2020 roster who also were just practice squad players and undrafted free agents but none from this particular season obviously the circumstances are a big reason why as far as the ability to scout and look at these players in live game action but some notable areas on the roster itself in terms of position wide receiver Jake Kumaro fan favorite Whitewater Jesus, call him whatever you want. He was released. He will not be back. He is, if he has not already, going to be signing with the Buffalo Buffalo Bills. And I believe he's going to be on their practice squad. Recently acquired Malik Turner. Everybody thought maybe he was brought in for some reinforcement. It was going to be a surprise add to the wide receiver group. He was also released. He will not be back. Darius Shepard. We all know Darius Shepard. He made some noise late at the end of the uh, preseason but he was he had ultimately was released, but he was brought back to the practice squad. So Darius Shepard will be back on the practice squad. And if the Packers find a matchup that they like for him, or if Tyler Irvin gets hurt and can't return kicks or punts, then you bring Darius Shepard up from the practice squad because you can you can do that with some of the expanded rules that the the league has this year. Malik Taylor, who spent last season on the team's practice squad, here's a perfect example. Undrafted free agent was on the practice squad last year, did make last year's roster, did make the final roster this year. They kept Malik Taylor as the fifth wide wide receiver. So we'll see what Taylor does. You know, I, I heard him talking recently, I think it was Mike Clemens that did a radio spot, and Malik Taylor was talking about how important it is that the wide receivers hone in on their blocking, their blocking downfield. I love to hear those kind of things, especially from young guys who 
you know, they, they want to catch the ball. They want to make a name for themselves. They want to make a huge impression. But he's willing to do the dirty work. And that's something I think the Packers will benefit from to have guys like Taylor doing things like that. Reggie Begleton, we know a lot about Reggie Begleton, his story, the CFL, all of the productivity that he had there. He was cut and brought back to the practice squad. So the Packers dodged a bullet there. I don't know how much of a bullet it was, really. I mean, Packers fans were very attached to Reggie Begleton. I think we're worried, some were worried that he was going to get scooped up because we hear all about all about our players and we get really excited, attached to them, and we just assume the rest of the league loves them as much as we do. But Reggie Begleton, back on the practice squad for the Packers. And don't forget, practice squad players can be signed by another team, but once the season starts, they have to be signed to the active roster by another team. So they can't just go from practice squad to practice squad. Another team has to be willing to put them on their 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 big roster in order to sign them. So we'll see what, what comes of that. But Reggie Begleton's another guy that if they like, and if he's developing well in practice, they can bring him up and use him in game action wherever they like him. Offensive line. A lot of stuff going on with the offensive line. Yosh Nijman was kept the big undrafted free agent tackle from last year, six foot seven. Six foot seven. Imagine trying to get around a guy who's six foot seven to get to the quarterback. You know, there's there's enough going on in a football game, but that is a that is a large human being. You know, large human being. So Yosh Nijman makes it as a tackle, little bit of depth at tackle there. The Packers released their sixth round pick from this past season, uh, from this past draft. Center Jake Hansen. Jake Hansen was brought back to the practice squad, so he's back. That is interesting because if Corey Lindsley is the odd man out and doesn't get a new contract after this season, Jake Hansen does not appear to be the heir apparent. If the Packers were willing to release him and bring him back to the practice squad, another team could have signed him. There's, there's, that's not a huge vote of confidence. So the center position is still kind of a question mark for the Packers, although they have some other options. It's not an emergency but that was just something of note with Jake Hansen. So, you know, that that's that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. And if you look at the team's website, the Packers' website, they actually have, I looked at the, uh, the depth chart, and they have Billy Turner listed as the starter at right tackle and Rick Wagner as the backup. Now, when Wagner was signed as a free agent, everybody thought Wagner was the starting right tackle and that Billy Turner would hang on to his right guard spot, and they thought maybe Lane Taylor was going to get cut, traded, whatever. Lane Taylor ended up getting his contract restructured, and thank God that he did, because Billy Turner has an injury. He is very likely to miss this first game against the Vikings, and the Packers can just plug Lane Taylor, who had a very good training camp in preseason in there at right guard, and you've got a solid vet who is familiar with at least playing next to Lindsley and the other guys on the left side of the offensive line. Now, he wasn't in there for much of the Matt LaFleur offense last year. So this is going to be new for him as well. But you still have Rodgers under center. A lot of familiarity. And I think Taylor offers a lot of depth there uh, at that particular at that particular spot. But the future of the right side of the offensive line is anything but certain. You know, Wagner has had injury issues. He isn't anything close to what Brian Bulaga was, obviously. And Turner doesn't seem to fit the bill as a tackle. They might put him out there, but that might be a more of a function of who's the best of those who aren't necessarily our long-term solution. And Billy Turner might just win that battle there, but that's not necessarily the formula that you want when you're talking about protecting your quarterback. So putting either of those guys, Wagner or Billy Turner out there, it doesn't really reassure anyone that they've got that side of the offensive line handled and protected, and we haven't even kicked off the season yet. So I hope 
And I've, again, knock on wood, fingers crossed, all those things that by the time we get to week 15, week 16, this has not turned into a complete and total disaster. And if one of them gets hurt, if Rick Wagner gets hurt, now you're asking Turner to play tackle, you know, do they or, or do they move Lane Taylor out there? Or is it time for Yosh Nijman to see the field? An unproven young player to keep position in Yosh at the right tackle position. I don't know. I don't know. Don't know how much I love that. Mike Clemens, another thing he said was maybe the Packers might consider, you know, moving Elton Jenkins out to right tackle. He was so good at left guard that you don't really want to tinker with that. You want to leave him there to continue doing great work at left guard. But if he's your next best offensive lineman to David Bakhtiari, I guess you, you got to try it. You got to try all the combinations until you, until you get it right. You know, this is, it's one area that the pet, this, the right tackle position is one area that the Packers, they took a gamble on and now they have to hope that it pans out. There's a lot of really good pass rushers on the schedule this year. You got Yannick and Guacque who just joined the Minnesota Vikings. The Packers will see him this week. One Daniel Hunter, Khalil Mack, Brandon Graham, Brandon Flowers, Cam Jordan, Jadavian Clowney. Those are just a few of the elite defensive ends and outside linebackers that the Packers are going to see this season. And if they if if they were, everyone talks about Jared Valdir. And if the Packers were going to bring in Jared Valdir, I think they would have done so already so he can fill the roster spot and begin prepping for the game on Sunday. We're halfway into the week now. So if it turns out that Rick Wagner isn't ready to go, you know, or is or is hurt, Maybe they make an emergency move and they bring in Valdir, but that isn't known at this point right now. And I think the Packers would have would know if they were in that situation. So it's this is the group they're heading into week one with, and Valdir is just one of those emergency options as long as he's not with another team. Everybody assumes he's going to stay out there. He may not. At at the edge, on the defensive side of things, at edge rusher, Tim Williams was let go. The former Baltimore Raven, Milt Hendrickson, has some ties to Baltimore and liked Tim Williams. And I thought that he was going to be the fourth guy, but they went with Randy Ramsey instead of Tim Williams. Ramsey was an undrafted free agent from last year. He was on the practice squad last season for the Packers. He is dealing with a bit of an injury right now, so I think he's going to end up inactive this week. And he may end up being one of those inactives, you know, regularly. But Ramsey joins a prolific group of guys, and that includes, you know, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, seventh rounder Jonathan Garvin. Rashawn Gary is expected to carry a much bigger load. Z and Preston have both proved very durable last year, so the expectation is that this group should be productive again this season. They're going to play, and they should be on the field. Will it be the same light show that it was last year? Maybe not, but you have Kenny Clark in the middle. The front isn't a weakness by any stretch if you include the pass rushers in there. The defensive line might not be the most formidable right now, but the the pass rushers make that front a strength versus a weakness. Defensive coordinator Mike Pettin mentioned Garvin by name for a seventh rounder, which is big. He's penciled in to play a role this season. That's that's big coming from a defensive coordinator. So we'll see. You know, like I said, Ramsey strikes me as a guy that we could see kind of being inactive more than not, but they need that depth. And if they want to bring him up, and they do. If they want to activate them, then they can do that. So that's the edge group that the Packers went with there. So as far as the roster goes, those were some of my bigger observations. And now we move into the week one game against the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings lost a ton of guys this offseason, on defense especially. So we all know about wide receiver Stephon Diggs, who Zach Cruz of Packers Wire noted has caught a touchdown pass in his last seven games against the Packers. So we're not going to miss Stephon Diggs. 
all the way out in Buffalo. But on defense, you had Xavier Rhodes, Linval Joseph, Mackenzie Alexander, Trey Waynes, Everson Griffin, Andrew Sandejo, Laquan Treadwell, another receiver, and he's already been released by the Atlanta Falcons, and J. Ron Curse, all gone, all gone. That defense was so good, and now they're going to have so many players out there that are new. They drafted Justin Jefferson, the receiver, out of LSU. Many of Packers fans thought he was coming to Green Bay. Anthony Harris signed his franchise tender, so he's got one more year with the Vikings. He will make just over $11 million this season. And I mentioned Ngakwe, who the Vikings signed to help Daniil Hunter on the other side. Everson Griffin is gone. He's with the Cowboys now. And so we'll get a chance to see Yannick Ngakwe against the Packers this weekend. You know, on paper, the Packers are just the better team, straight up. You know, many out there aren't sure about that. Many have actually said the Vikings will win the North this year. There's been a bunch of others who have picked the Packers. So this is a kind of a matchup to just start the conversation and determine how they're going to match up in 2020. I mentioned week one on the road. It's not going to be easy, but I love the fact that the Packers are getting this early on. If they could win this game, a big road game against a tough opponent in a place where they hadn't played well, they got their first win in four tries last year, then you're off to a great start. You know, if you want to dumb it way, way down in this matchup, it's Aaron Rodgers versus Kirk Cousins. Who are you going to take if it's between those two? Outside of the Minneapolis area and zip codes, you're lying to yourself if your answer to that question is not Aaron Rodgers. Why would you take Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins proved very average last year once the Packers kind of figured out what was going on and they weren't getting flagged for pass, you know, roughing the passer every time Clay Matthews sneezed, right? Everyone remembers that from 2018. It was pathetic. The tie game, just so many, so many bad things. So many bad things. But the Packers are truly the better team. You know, I won't be surprised if they win this game. Any divisional game is up for grabs. But on the road, week one, with no football having been played yet, I think the home field advantage, even though there's no fans in the stands and it's a weird setting and the, and the noise factor is going to be different, the vibe's going to be different, I just think that home field and that familiarity could give the Vikings just enough of an edge to kind of eke this one out. But if you want to know where we see it and how our staff sees it, we'll have our staff predictions for week one over at Game on Wisconsin. That's going to go up early on Sunday morning. So go over and check those out. See how we've all got these games playing out. Now, if you watch the season preview show, you already know how I've got it playing out and Paul and Jacob. So if you want to cheat, you have to promise me and I've, I've got my little pinky finger up here. We have to pinky swear that you're going to go back and actually watch and listen to the whole show, the whole season preview show from this past Sunday. But we did go through each and every game, and, and we're going to continue to do shows throughout the season. And we've got a great lineup of pregame, postgame, all sorts of recaps. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that'll do it for this week's Quick Slants. The next time that I am back with you, hopefully we're talking about a Packers team that is off to a 1-0 start with a big victory over the Minnesota Vikings and gearing up to take on the Detroit Lions, another divisional matchup right out of the gate. Very, very exciting things. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jason Perrone. Get, follow Game On Wisconsin at Game On WI. You can like our Facebook page, join our Facebook group, follow us on Instagram. I mentioned our Twitter handle. Get over there and, and subscribe to our YouTube page. Make sure that you're getting the notifications anytime our live shows are going on a little bit later today, like I said, open book, Lombardi's Bar. 
great lineup of shows. More, more to come. More announcements of new teams and new guys that are going to be doing some things for us. So that's going to be really, really exciting. So everybody just kick back, enjoy the rest of your week as we slide into week one of the NFL season. It is a regular season. Everybody be safe and go Pack Go. Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae from right to left, cutting left to the 50, to the 45-40. Track down from behind. 